0: The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I love mixing it up by betting against the spread taking the over on Giannis's points every chance I get, and more exclusive bets like the 2x3, 2-3 three, three scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets like those for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com bluewire. That's fanduel.com bluewire to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg in Virginia
1: like I said, the time in which you're born, the place in which you're born and the day in which you're born where all the planets were aligned at a certain point. And it makes you really feel like you are this like magical, incredible being. And that makes you different. It's like your thumbprint because no one else was born at the same time that you were in the same place that you were exactly. What's up and welcome to the very best self podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to The Very Best Self Podcast. I don't know if you knew this about me, uh, but I'm a big fan. Fan of astrology. So today we're going to talk a little bit about astrology. I am your host, Victoria Brown, and I have Dr. Jennifer Freed on the podcast. She is a psychologist. She is an astrologist. She is the author of not one, but two, books. Uh, recently, she has been on Gwyneth Paltrow's podcast, the Goop podcast, talking all about astrology and your birth charts and you know the way of the world and the moon and the stars and the sun and all of those things and how they kind of come together to create our cosmic DNA, if you will. So that's pretty neat. Uh, also, two uh, people that wrote to speak highly of her newest book, A Map to Your Soul, are Mila Kunis and also Glennon Doyle. So, you know that we are in great hands today with Dr. Jennifer Freed because she's got some great insight and she's been studying this stuff for a very, very long time. Uh, and astrology is something that I feel like I've always been super interested in. Uh, And so we'll talk about kind of your cosmic DNA today. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the very best self podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown, and I am so freaking excited to have Dr. Jennifer Freed on the podcast today, you guys. Uh, So Dr. Jennifer Freed, you are a psychologist, you have a PhD, and you're also an astrologist. Um, Two things that I personally find very, very, very fascinating, especially for me, the astrology bit. Like I have been like, obsessed with astrology all of my life. Uh, and so I'm just super excited to kind of have this discussion with you and talk about all of your expertise. Um, you have two books, uh, use your planets wisely. And then most recently you just came out with a brand new book, a map to your soul, which feels to me like the greatest statement, like that, that statement feels like like home. It feels like so comforting and warm a, a map to your soul. So I want to thank you for being on today. I'm very appreciative of getting
2: the word out through you and all your good work with this podcast. Thank
1: you. So how did you find astrology or rather, how did astrology find you? And I guess on a personal note, I could just say I never found it. I feel like I was just, I just always had an extreme interest in it. So I'm I'm curious what your story is around that. It's the exact same as yours. I was just born interested. And then lucky for me,
2: I had a phenomenal reading at 18 years old and I never stopped learning since.
1: Yeah. I feel like I have never explored it quite to the depths uh, that you have, but I've had phenomenal readings and it feels like, you know, you get your birth chart read where it's like, you know, you, you plug in this kind of information it's like, where are you from like where were like where is the exact position the coordinates in which you were born and then what time did you enter planet Earth and you know come to consciousness uh, and then you know what was the date and so it's it's fascinating to me to think about how different characteristics are, are disf- how different our characteristics can be based upon all of these things and it's so cool because it's like. It's like your DNA, like with your, like I said, the time in which you're born, the place in which you're born, and the day in which you're born, where all the planets were aligned at a certain point. and it makes you really feel like you are this like magical, incredible being, uh, and and that makes you different. It's like your thumbprint, because no one else was born at the same time that you were in the same place that you were exactly. And you know what I mean?
2: Well, I call it your cosmic DNA, and even if somebody was born at the exact minute in the exact place, They didn't have your exact circumstances and parents. And so there's always a very strong cultural and biological narrative that goes along with the chart. But the chart is your cosmic DNA, your divine curriculum plan. It's an incredible portal into self-awareness. And if you deliver your gifts into community contribution.
1: So where do you learn how to read a chart? Like, How did you figure this out, I guess?
2: Well, I was very
1: lucky back in the day. I had
2: uh, extraordinary teachers and I read over a hundred books. And I would really recommend to all the young people that are aspiring to understand astrology. Yes, apps are good, but they're like the cliff notes instead of reading the book. And I strongly suggest that you get 10 books, put them all around your house, put them in your bedroom, in your bathroom And read, read, read. It's an extraordinary education.
1: Okay. All right. Number one favorite. I mean, people could
2: just read your book as well. Well, my two books are fabulous for the beginner. Use your planets wisely, a map to your soul. One of my teachers, Rick Tarnas, wrote a phenomenal book called Cosmos and Psyche, I think you can read anything by what's called the British School of Astrology with Liz Green and Howard Susportis and Darby Costello, Stephen Arroyo. There's just so many good books out there. I think the main thing is look for people that aren't just pop astrologers, but have really studied.
1: Yeah, I think I mean, that's probably true in any field, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it feels to me, I mean, you mentioned as well, you know, DNA, but you know, is reading your birth chart and understanding your personal astrology, is it almost like the bird's eye view of who you are as a human? And does it help you answer kind of your, the, the reason that you're here, which is what we're probably searching for, for all of our days that we are blessed to be here, but the reason you're here. Victoria, I think you said that
2: really well. I don't think there's one reason we're here. So that's one of those myths that there's one sole purpose. But I think the chart shows you the reasons that you're here and what gifts you are here to develop and what problems you're going to encounter that you're going to need to work through. Because we came here as a life learning school, not as finished products. And so one of the greatest parts of astrology is the humility of it. You see your patterns, and as you know, you study it. They don't change. It's not like these patterns change. You get better and better at not having them be so difficult and using them more for growth.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think we probably all experience that some, to some degree, whether it's in our friendships, our relationships, our careers. I think a lot of the same, I, I mean, for me, like at least I notice a lot of the same situations will come up in different ways. And I'm like, okay, well, here we go again. Like this is a theme of my life that I need to figure out, but I don't know that I've ever figured it out. I figured it out. I think I just get better at kind of coping.
2: Yeah, and I like the word themes. Astrology will show you your emotional and social and psychological themes. And it's up to you whether
1: it's going to be a drama, a comedy, or a love story. I love that a drama a comedy or a love story (laughs) i love that um okay so something that you specifically kind of dive into is using astrology the astrology of fire earth air and water uh, and we each have our own individual sign uh and using that astrology to live a more deeply and fully expressive life uh so can you can you Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yes. Well, foundational to the development of astrology are these four elements. Fire represents the dynamic, the brilliant, the alluring, the mesmerizing, the hot, the exciting energy. There you go. Earth represents the steady, stable, concentrated, slower energy Air is the breathtaking, inspiring, visionary, intellectual energy. And water is the feeling energy, compassion, devotion, forgiveness, connection. We all have all four elements. No one's without those elements. And my book is about how do you use all four elements in 12 areas of life to become fully expressed? Because each of us have. Habits of leaning into one element and neglecting others. But the book shows you how in a love life, in a friendship, in your spiritual path, that if you really bring in all four elements to balance, you have this extraordinary tableau of possibility and expression.
1: How hard is it to bring them all into balance? Because I am a fire sign and I feel fiery. Like it feels like all of those, I mean, it, it would feel very difficult to to bring those other three, I feel in balance for me. And I also think I would benefit a lot from it. <laughs> well, I also have
2: too much fire and I can promise you, cause I'm a lot older than you. It gets really old to always just be fiery. And I think as women, especially, we need to learn a lot more about water, which is receptivity and softness and um, yielding and kind of just flowing instead of charging, fire charges. And so when you read the book, it will give you very concrete ways you can start developing these other
1: elements in your personality and in your um, expression. I know I need that. (laughs) Literally. Just literally yesterday, you know, I had a therapist for, you know, a year of my life or so. And then, you know, for a lot of different reasons, we no longer work together anymore. And so then it's been years now since I found someone new. So yesterday I finally took a step to try to find a new therapist yeah. And it was because of not, a, you know, not a major argument, but, you know, an argument that my partner and I had gotten into a disagreement is a better word. Uh, and it felt as though really the issue is my, my fieriness. And so yeah. I definitely could, I was like, I got to get in, back into therapy so I can soften a little bit. So I feel like you're, you're speaking
2: to my soul. As I Yes. And, and
1: I, there's really good news. I
2: really learned a lot how to do that. I'm still not flawless at all. I have a temper and I interrupt. I mean, there's fiery things about me, but we're also really enthusiastic and fun and there's all good things about us. But I have really learned to watch my tongue, to wait, to be patient. Those are all earth things. I've learned a lot about empathy, water things, listening more deeply. And air getting much more objective. This isn't about me. Why am I taking it so personally? Right. So you can do it. <laughs> Everyone can do this. Yes. Nobody, nobody is uh, a finished product. And if you're willing to grow and really self-examine, you can be everything. I know it.
1: Well, I appreciate that because it's been a it has been a recent theme of mine, especially interrupting because I feel like I have this, I just burst at the seams because I just want to tell the thing or share the thing or, you know, and it's, I don't, I don't ever see it as trying to cut people off. I'm just excitable all the time.
2: (laughs) Well, as my partner says, whoa, Nellie, like where is the fire? There's nothing that urgent to say, even if we're excited. So, I mean, you and I are struggling with the same thing. And I just think it's really possible to lessen that kind of impulsive speaking and all of that.
1: So also you speak to kind of sexual chemistry uh between partners and so while we're on this topic uh how you know can you talk about that and then yeah first we'll just talk about that.
2: Well, one of the things i think and one of my best friends Emily Moore sex with Emily we talk about a lot is that Most people assume that they can just have sex with each other without any conversation because it should just be feral and animal and just work out. But anyone that's actually been in a long-term relationship realizes your sex language is as important as your love language. And with sex, people like very different things for very different reasons. And it's not about getting it right, but it is about being curious, So I have a whole chapter that I'm not going to give too much away on your sex language and whether you like it really fast and hot or really slow and sensual, or you really like a lot of sex talk, or you really like to just cry and hug and feel. But the chapter really gets detailed about starting an inventory that you can do, but you can do it with your partner or your date or whomever. And when you do that, you really get to know each
1: other's preferences, which if you want to be a great lover, know your person. Right. I mean, that seems like square one for for most, like you, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But does that mean we always apply it? I don't know. No, but I think
2: that if, if, if what you really want to be is a great lover, You actually do start to study what others like as much as what you like, and you actually communicate your needs and desires much more directly.
1: So then you would say in terms of astrological signs, you know, if you were to Google, let's say, you know, most compatible partner, right. And it gives you a list of signs and you see that your partner is not listed and, or it says, you know, you're not the percentage, let's say on, on a random website says you're not as compatible or, you know, are there, are there, is there still hope? Can you be compatible with There's anyone? Just... Hope
2: because, because what you're referring to on all these pop astrology sites is just the sun sign. And you have to remember that the chart's made up of 10 planets and Chiron. And the sun sign has very little to do with sexual compatibility, actually. Hardly anything, I would say. So what you really want to look at in a chart for sexual compatibility is Mars, Venus, the moon, and Mercury. And so you have to get your chart done. And when you break it down into those things, we're not just one thing. So even if you're Leo, but your Venus is in Taurus, You may want a lot of a sexual attention, but you might like to do it very slowly with lots of oils. So there's no such thing in my 40 years of doing thousands of charts as any sun sign that's not compatible with another sun sign. I've never actually seen anything like that to be true.
1: Okay, well, we put the kibosh on that really quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so there you have in your practice, um, it's, you know, I've listened to you most recently, um, on the goop podcast with Gwyneth, Gwyneth, Paltrow, uh, which was exciting. Cause I, I guess I, we already had you booked on, on this podcast. And then I was like, Oh, I get to listen to her on there. So that's amazing. Um, but also, you know, Glennon Doyle is a big fan of your, your work and Mila Kunis I was reading is a big fan of your work as well. Um, so, so what you do is obviously speaking volumes and people are paying attention. Uh, But I heard in Gwenna's podcast that you were first a psychologist, but you at this point in time couldn't tell people that you were also an astrologist because it was more taboo at this time. Well, I
2: learned both at the same time, but back in the day when I was learning it, everybody thought astrology was just absolutely nuts and foolish. You know, it's only come into a huge acclaim in the last 15 years, where everybody now thinks astrology's got some validity, even if they've never really delved into it. But back then, I was one in a 100 people. And certainly psychological astrology, I was one in three in the world, oh. probably, you know. Wow. So it took me a long time to come out, as it, you would say. As being an astrologer and a psychologist, psych you know
1: psychological astrologer, and now I feel like everyone is, yeah, like you said, leaning into that and, and yeah. wants to know you know what's what are the, what do the stars say you know uh, and so I guess in terms of astrology, everyone freaks out when they say, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. And then you hear all these constant like, you know, oh, well, this is all happening because Mercury's in retrograde and that's why my life is shit and everything's tor- tornadoing in a downward spiral and woe is me. How much real truth is behind that and how much of that do we make up in our minds maybe? I I would love to hear your take I, on Mercury in retrograde.
2: 90% folklore, 10% opportunity. So how I would say it is Mercury goes retrograde a number of times a year. Always, there's mix-ups and confusions around what Mercury rules, communication, and travel. And for me, when I see that Mercury retrograde coming, I think of it because retrograde means go internal, be more reflective. So I see Mercury retrograde as actually a great reset time. Stop being so hurried in your communication. Stop thinking you should instantly be able to be places and get much more conscious and much more deliberate about sharing time with somebody, speaking to someone, getting places, like slow the roll. I think it's a great opportunity. And people ever blaming astrology for their life is just victim. It's really not at all responsible.
1: I had, I had a feeling that that was the case.
2: Yeah, I think that astrology as an ancient forever practice oracular art is to actually empower people and shine upon them their greatest opportunities but we have a partnership with the divine so it's up to us to do the work it's not like some hocus pocus and then what will happen
1: right
2: it's like a teacher that gives you the lesson plan well you can fail or get an a in the class i mean you got to do the work right
1: you have to do the work i mean It's
2: true. In everything that we do. Yeah. There's no free pass. There's no like happy ending written in the stars. It's really up to us. Take it up, take it up people. It's really your turn to live the life that you want to live.
1: Amen to that. And is it the same for when there's a full moon and the energy that goes along with a full moon?
2: Well, the full moon is notoriously, this is documented when people have a highly difficult um, emotional moment or a very ecstatic emotional moment because it is a um, experience even in the tides of extremes. Full moons rule extreme tides and also emotional tides. So there is a lot of evidence that more people go to the emergency room, to the mental hospital. It's just a highly sensitive moment. But again, if you work with it, it's a time to really release extreme feelings in a good way. Tell people how much you love them, create art, dance, do rituals. Then it's like using that good
1: energy. I feel that because I actually do feel very sensitive. I feel like I I will have like a very extremely emotional day and then I'll realize, oh, exactly. Well,
2: what's your moon sign, Victoria? Do you know?
1: I, I'm a Sagittarius and I'm also a Sagittarius rising, double Sag in that, but I don't know the moon. Or you might have a very sensitive moon. And
2: if you have a water moon, like Cancer, Pisces, or Scorpio, the moon
1: really affects you. So that would be good for you to find out. Yeah, I think so. Um, so... In all of your studies, uh, what can you tell us and what can you let us know about what is projected for the forecast, if you will, Um, the weather woman?
2: (laughs) Here's the Um, astrology weather. We're in an, like, if you think of it as weather, we are in a extremely unstable, volatile, rocky moment in the fall, like very, very hot tempered and very tense and very activating. And that can either inspire us to get down and get some stuff done and handle some things, or people can really shatter or shatter others. I'm going to vote for everybody listening to think, okay, it's unstable energy. How do I bring it in in a good way? Because unstable means opportunity for new ideas and new growth too. Mm -hmm. Um, After January... We come into a period of more stability and certainly by March to May, whatever it is we've been able to achieve between now and January will be the bedrock from which we build a more steady path
1: in 2023. Wow. Okay. So in this unsteady time in the fall, it's very difficult, or maybe perhaps more difficult than normal, to focus your energy on whatever it is that you're working through or on. Yet, if you can succeed in finding a little focus through this rocky time, come the new year, you'll see the fruits of your labor uh, between January up until uh, May. Is that right? Do I understand? Well, your- I think
2: your your the fruits of your labor will get even stronger and more apparent in the next year, but. I think the metaphor would be like this. You know, have you ever seen those games at an amusement park where you stand on something that's shaking all the time? So mm-hmm. shaking, shaking, shaking. And so what you have to do in order to not be, you know, thrown to the ground or tumble is you have to get so strong in your core, your convictions, your gravity. And here's my biggest point for everybody: you have to know who's with me. Who is my sacred crew? Because none of us are going to get through this shaking and trembling and confrontation without a really strong community. And you've got to really ask yourself, are the people that I'm closest to for me, do they want the best for me? Are they willing to hold me during crying and hard times? And you want to be that person. A lot of people forget to invest in their friendships. They get really just caught up in romantic love or this pursuit of it. I'm promising you as an astrologer with the signs that I'm seeing, it's all going to be about who's in your life, how you treat them and how they treat you. So you've got to really start being very clear. Are these my getting high buddies, but they don't really give a shit about me? Or are these people that actually care about me, track my life want me to exercise, get on with my talents? You want to surround yourself, not with just the happy-go-lucky, party people you want to surround yourself with deeply thoughtful spiritual caring
1: people your sacred crew
2: that's my term and i think it's going to be the thing that gets us all through to the next level of evolution and in a good
1: way yeah um would you say that this i mean we hit rocky times all the time but would you say it's like heightened more than normal so
2: Yeah, October, November of this year is one of the pinnacles of real tight tension economically, politically. Uh, There's lots of, you know, as we see in the news, violence and people being very reactionary. It's just an extremely tense period. So we have to do our job to not add in, don't
1: add in more tension. Right. Uh, And so, I mean, is it, you know, there's a, a pending, let's say, uh, recession that people are talking we're in about. a recession.
2: I find this so funny that people are going, "Are we going to be in a recession?" Excuse me, look at the stock market, look at the housing market, look at the cost of gas. Right, You're just so funny how we like. What are we waiting for? It's how we're going to get out of the recession.
1: Yeah. How and does do the stars tell you how long this thing is going to last?
2: The free will part. You know, we created Um, this recession and we will be able to undo it. But it just depends on how much cooperation instead of mudslinging, how much people are willing to work instead of complain, you know, all of that.
1: How much people are willing to work instead of complain? Yeah. So how should someone kind of check in with their astrology every day if they're not, you know, well-versed and they don't hire someone, but you know, how can you check in with Well, it?
2: there's two apps that I think are phenomenal because they're okay. super positive. And then there's an app I'm working with now that's from Ukraine actually called Nebula. And it has 17 million worldwide subscribers. And there is a guide that I've helped them create on how to reduce anxiety. With astrology. So I really want people to turn into that nebula. But the everyday apps that I think are phenomenal are Channing Nicholas and the pattern. And the reason why I like them both very much is there is no place for fear and sensationalism in astrology. Uh, Some other apps really play on people's vulnerabilities and fears. And I'm not for that at all. That's never Mm -hmm. empowering to get the amygdala going, the fear part of the brain. Like they'll send you notices. Today, you might run into a stranger who will try to deceive
1: you. Like what the? That is a horrible message. Yes. And it's those type of um, astrology readings. Are a huge reason why I actually for a lot of years tuned out of astrology, even though I always found it so fascinating and interesting was because I was just like this reading this random, I guess you're calling, you call it pop astrology. So reading yeah. this random pop astrology, you know, it's almost like if you read it in the first thing in the morning, it's like, it kind of sets the tone for your day. You might've woke up and been in an amazing mood. And then all of a sudden you read this pop astrology thing that tells you like, you're going to have a horrible day and you're going to be in a terrible mood. And then all of a sudden you start to feel like your actual inner self changing to be like, yes, I am in a horrible mood. Like, no. Well, it's it's akin to this. Would you wake up
2: if you're a healthy person and eat first thing in the morning, some extremely sugary cereal? with incredible ice cream on it. No, it might make you get a real high for a second, like you get a zip, but then you're going to feel like crap. And that's what pop astrology is. Whereas if you go to Chani's app, Nebula app, the pattern, it's education. It's actual education. So you're making yourself a better person by learning something. And that is what you want to aim for with astrology. Are you learning? Are you inspired? If it's bad astrology, it's good astrology. If you're scared or if you're getting more limited, bad astrology.
1: All right. I had downloaded the pattern at some point, uh, but kind of like lost touch with it. So I think I'll have to jump back in on that one. And you can add on the pattern, your partner's astrology as well. So you can kind of understand each other a little better.
2: Yeah, I think they've done a really good job on that app. And I think Chani has, and I think Nebula Horoscope is a world sensitive app is really good. Yeah,
1: so such an interesting way to feel more connected uh, to self. And then, of course, by reading your book, uh, your, newest, your newest book, A Map to Your Soul. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about your book?
2: Well, I want people to go out and get the book and do it with their loved ones, because the book was never meant to be just a navel gazing exercise where you just read about Victoria. The whole book is designed for you to get to know people you care about better. So if you do the exercises together or at work, it's the best way to get aha moments about the people you're close to and get their support and growth and give support and growth. So the book can be read a chapter at a time, it could be read backwards and forwards. It doesn't matter because each chapter is a standalone in the subject that it's addressing, like the subject of. How do you walk into a room? What's your persona? The subject of money and values, the subject of communication, et cetera. There's a lot in the book and you can just take it one step at a time and do it as family exercise or friend exercise, a women's group. There's many applications. So I want people to really share, share,
1: share. I love that. Maybe. Maybe. As you said, a women's group, I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm recently engaged. And it could be really fun to do it with all of my bridesmaids, who's my sacred crew. Uh, it could be a really neat thing to do. I can tell you that nothing would be better than to do
2: at least the seventh chapter on your support language with all your besties because I've gotten so much feedback that people were blown away to learn more about the people they were close to.
1: I love that. I yeah. think I'm gonna do that. I'll have to get. Get, we'll all get a copy, and then yeah. we'll do it. That could you be know. your bridesmaid gift.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: I think so. That would be There's really a
2: new application. Bridesmaid parties with a map to your soul. Excellent way yeah. to go, Gloria. That yeah. made me happy. That yeah. made me happy because uh, you know my whole life's work is about inspiring people to be closer, more connected, and more contributing. And here it happened.
1: Yeah, I mean. And that's my most, that's my most sacred crew. Those are my, my people, you know, so, uh, especially through this rocky time, it'd be a great thing for us to, uh, to do. And then, you know, you said until May, what happens in June? Cause that's when my wedding is. Oh, I think that's
2: a very good time for your um, wedding. So, in May, Jupiter goes into Taurus, which, rules Ven- which is ruled by Venus and is about love and sensuality and pleasure. So I think it's a very good June to get married. It will be very beautiful and sensuous and savoring. Good choice. Great. Oh, no, really starting March through May, we have a shift in the energy isn't as chaotic, but we'll see what it is we've created.
1: Okay, I love it. So, one last question for you, which is what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self?
2: Let's see. Well, actually, I'd say two things. One is, you're amazing. Keep doing the work. Just reassure her because, you know, I was a mess in my 20s and all that. But, secondly, something my friend Rick said to me that I would say to all the young people don't squander your youth. Don't use it just to be like distracted on screens and watching TV and parting your brains out. I have so many regrets of things I would have developed if I wasn't just effing off. So I would say to her, take those 10 years, 20 to 30, and learn everything possible. It's literally the time your
1: brain is the most able to learn. Do it. I love that. And also I would add to that, For me, don't go chasing lovers in that time either, if anyone else, because I feel like we do that a lot in our twenties too, because we're just so, you know, so many of us, I feel like we were just so worried about, you know, finding our person, finding our partner and, you know, am I going to live, be alone forever and all of these things. And, and, and it's just spend that time on you learning things and developing and, and it all works out, you know, I
2: couldn't agree more. I,
1: Spent a thousand wasted
2: hours waiting for phone calls or hunting people down. I was so obsessed. And I think the truth of it is if you put all that into yourself, no matter what, you'll resonate with the right person. So you don't have to do all of that obsessing. Yeah.
1: You don't we have agree, to agree, Victoria. All. Oh yeah. You don't have to do all that obsessing. Yeah. I do agree. Yeah. We do agree. We're on the same page. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on. It was such an honor and such a joy to have you on and talk about all this stuff. So I will be following along uh, on your journey and learning as much as I can from you. I feel
2: very grateful for your time and attention and you being such a bright, good light in the world. Thank you.
1: All right, you guys, that is a wrap on today's episode. I just am blown away. I I don't know about you, but I feel so. It just, we're in a constant journey of learning who we are. We're in a constant journey and a constant evolution of growing and changing and evolving. And, you know, even if we live to be a hundred years old, we will still be uncovering new pieces and new parts of ourselves and learning and discovering who we are. So it's just kind of interesting to think about astrology in that sense, where you know, as I mentioned in the podcast, that we sort of get this like bird's eye view on our life and you know the soul lessons that we are here to learn. And I say lessons with an S because, of course, there are many, many lessons uh, that we are here to learn or reasons that we're here. Uh, but it's just really interesting to know, uh, what your birth chart says. And I find that interesting because maybe it feels like you're a little bit less alone, or maybe it feels when you read these things, like you're on the right path or you feel in alignment with what you're going through, uh, knowing that it was kind of maybe a little bit of your life's destiny to experience things in the way that you have. Um, and, and knowing that, you know, you can decide from there, how you want those things to unfold. Uh, And there's a many, 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 many different iterations and paths that we can take. Um, But maybe, you know, the lessons that keep coming up over and over again, we, we cause ourselves just a little, a little less heartache in the long run. If we just kind of know a little bit about the bird's eye view of what's coming and what our cosmic DNA actually forecasts for our lives. So, just something to think about. Uh, just something to think about. Yeah, I think that's that's really, really what it is today. Is is just, it's just all something to consider, something to think about. So that is today's episode on the very best self podcast. It was a particularly. Uh, good one if you ask me. Uh, so I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Very Best Self. Give me a follow at Victoria Brown. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, subscribe. Can you please make sure that you subscribe to the pod? Leave us five stars and write a review if you have a moment. It means so much to the growth of this podcast over time. So I appreciate you and I will see you next time.